0: Stress all night, take your mind off your money and focus on your life. Money don't matter for the stuff it bought, it's the way you think, not what you got. Yeah, unlock your wealth radio, start. Welcome to Unlock Your Wealth Radio. This segment is sponsored in part by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at unlockyourwealthradio.com forward slash free book and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A lot of words there. Lots of words in a little amount of time. I am your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhalls, and I am flanked. By the maestro of moolah, Michael Terry. Hey, folks. And we're going to help you get your money mind right on today's show with the following great features. So first off, what's this week's key? Uh, Create credit. Yes. Number nine. Number nine. Now serving number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Yes. So, uh, we are in our ninth key in our keys to riches financial philosophy this week. And, uh, so, um, our next segment that we're going to talk about is our moolah word of the day and building on our keys to riches show moolah word of the day. Uh, we're going to stick with the generational theme and we're going to talk about the boomer effect on today's show. And, uh, Hand in hand with this week's key is today's topic-driven show, which I'm pretty excited about because whenever we go through, when we used to have the key show as a part of the larger Unlock Your Wealth radio show, we always drill down on what goes into a credit profile, but all of it has always been geared toward applying for mortgages and starting to leverage yourself for real estate investment. Mm-hmm but with the advent of all of this you know online theft of everything uh of your identity of the the banking fraud card fraud you name it all of the scams that are out yeah. there and and thinking about you know the money credit and you book i'm like you know what we really need to talk about is how to review your credit report I've never talked about how to do that. I tell you what's ideal in your credit profile, but we've mm-hmm. never talked about it. And it's actually a worksheet in the Money, Credit, and You book. Okay. It's one of our strategies for you know successful yeah. um, identity theft protection and management of your identity. And so that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, We will go through uh, our credit report checklist, uh, and I've got um, some good things to say about why we need to do it, um, the purpose of it, and what we're really looking for, because most people think that we're looking for egregious errors, but you don't need egregious errors to find out if you've been a victim of identity theft. Um, And if somebody has assumed your identities, which is what they call identity cloning in the five types of identity theft if somebody has cloned your identity, they're living as you. So it's in their best interest to maintain that credit quality. Right. So if maybe you go to apply for credits and you know your credit's perfect, your score is high because you're only paying attention to the score, you're not paying attention to the credit quality, and you get turned down, you're like, they say you have too much credit. You're like, no, I don't. I have a house payment and a car payment. And they're like, well, not according to your credit report. And you're like, what? So we're going to talk about all of the elements that are involved in uh, reviewing your credit report and making uh, any corrections that you may need to make um, in order to get it more accurate. Because what we fail to understand about the Fair Credit Reporting Act, which is the FACT Act, and the Equal Credit Opportunity Act, and all of these uh, federal laws that have to do with credit, and borrowing, is that your credit profile is 100% your responsibility to maintain its accuracy. And we'll talk about why, but it has to do with what the repositories are and how they function. And so we'll talk about that when we get to that segment. But first, uh, our ninth key in the Keys to Riches financial philosophy is about creating credit. So it's like, what goes into your ideal credit profile? Uh, What makes great credit? What do you need to be looking for? And how do I start moving my credit in the direction of a quality credit profile? So if you'd like to listen to this week's Key, it's become its own show for those of you who haven't listened in a long time. And uh, all you have to do is you can surf over to the website at keystoriches.com, or you can download it on this station or on iTunes or wherever you prefer to listen to uh, your uh, fabulous radio by us, yeah. So this week's key is create credit, and it's in its own show. So thirty minutes of jam-packed information on on how to create the ideal credit profile. What belongs there? What doesn't? Uh, this week's moolah word of the day is building on last week's generation Gen X. Uh, was our moolah or the day. And uh, today's moolah or the day is the boomer effect or the baby boomer factor. And the boomer effect refers to the influence that the generational cluster born between 1946 and 1964 has had on most markets. This term first gained traction in technology and generally referred to the importance of simplifying interfaces for consumer electronics to encourage the wealthy baby boomer generation. To upgrade. Really, that's what it was all about. Interesting. Yep, yep. Simplifying interfaces. So since then, it has spread to describe everything from the way boomers have changed how food is marketed to the impact on the financial services sector as a boomers shift, priori- shift priorities later in life. So isn't that interesting? So you know what that makes me think of when we talk about like the boomer effect. You tell me, and then I'll tell you. What makes me think. Yeah. Uh, so it makes me think of how extraordinarily difficult it was to program your VCR. <laughs> you remember that? You that had to just... find a 12-year-old to do it. Well, so, so that's what, when, when I hear this, that's what I am thinking about. You I know. could never do it. I could never do it. Really? As, as tech savvy as I am, that was one area that I couldn't get. Oh, my gosh. That was like the simplest thing. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get it. See, so I was the 12-year-old you were looking for. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so that's what I think about when they say simplifying interfaces. And if you think about it, I mean, user interfaces, think about computers and the internet. Remember how wonky and cumbersome websites used to be? Yeah, but yeah. this boomer effect has influenced that need it to be simple. Make it easy yeah. for the customer to obtain their information or you know create the purchase. Um, baby boomers hold a large... Amount of the wealth in North America, making them a prime market segment. As they have aged, the boomers have shaped the focus of companies. The obvious effects include the wide range of anti aging products that you see out there, real estate aimed at people seeking to live independently longer like we talked about on on the Keys show Uh about the uh, independent living facilities. Uh, More investments in replacements, transplants, and other medical technology, like fake knees and fake hips. Uh, Like no other generation before them, the baby boomers are sticking around, and that has to do with compression of morbidity. And that's just a silly little actuarial term for life insurance folk that means that we're living better... Longer. Right. The quality of life is. So we're not getting sick and we're not a, as soon uh, with some of the age related illnesses, and we're staying healthier longer and we're living longer. We had better food than our parents did. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's why, you know, it's not unrealistic for me to plan to live to 120. Yeah. You know, you were making fun of me on the last show saying, you know, but you're going to live to be 120. You're going to work till you're 80. And And I'm like, at least, because if I live to, if I, if I still work to 180, I have to have money. You have to have money for another forty years. Yeah, exactly. It's all right. About have- so that's another whole third of my life I'm going to live between yeah. eighty and one twenty, right? And you know me, I'm kind of an expensive chick. Yeah, you got to have uh, some scratch. <laughs> I like my technology toys, and because I'm not a mom in the human being sense, I'm a doggy mom. Yeah. You know, I get to spend all my money on me, well, and so and normal. I like to travel and do things, and so so th- that comes at a price. You know, I'm a big experiential person as much as I like stuff. Like, I just don't like having a lot of stuff around. I'd rather be out doing things and collecting memories because my whole thought is in the afterlife when everybody's sitting around the campfire, they're going to be like, oh, oh, Heather, tell us that story that one time when you were in band camp, you know. (laughs) So, so I want to be that guy. Like I want to be, you know, I'm a professional speaker in this lifetime. I want to be a professional speaker in the next lifetime. I want to be like the greatest storyteller, but in order to be the greatest storyteller, I got to have great stories. Yeah, you do. Right. And what stories are the easiest to remember? The ones you create yourself. Like I could memorize your story and tell it really funny, Yeah. but I'm going to tell it so much better if I was there. Yeah. You know, and so I got to go out and do things to collect the stories. Sure, it's just sure. that simple, you know? So, um, so it's really interesting how, how this uh, mool word, the boomer effect and user interface is, it's just made things simpler for everyone. They still got to work on those universal TV remotes though. <laughs> those things are a bitch. That user interface has not changed in all of these years. It hasn't. When did they first come out? The first VCR, late 70s, early 80s? Was that what it was? But I'm talking about the universal guy, the one that comes with the direct TV and Yeah, that you program all your you stuff can program with program everything with. It, yeah. Right. So that's our Moolah word of the day. And uh, so I'm really excited about our next segment because, again, this is the first time. We're having a lot of firsts this season. Did you notice that? Like with information sharing, shows I haven't done, guests I haven't interviewed, Mm -hmm. topics. you know? So it's just been kind of an interesting um, season in that respect. But people really need to get a handle on what's going on with um, their financial lives because I remember, and it's not that long ago, but at the turn of the century when I was doing mortgages, And I remember dealing with Sears in particular Mm -hmm. in a fraud department, and I was working to overcome fraudulent charges. And they said, unless you file a police report, we are not going to reverse these charges. I'm like, you can see on the receipt that the signature is not mine. That's changed since then, hopefully. Uh no, it hasn't. No, and the person that charged it was my mother, <laughs> and so she ran up onto my credit card bill. She maxed it out, sure. and so you know at the time I was not really interested in sending my mother to prison. Now you would consider it. Now it's <laughs> definitely on the table, but you know because and and that wasn't the first time she she had taken advantage of us either. You know, my brother included. I mean, she's just you know. Yeah. That, that That's a level of trust. That's a, that's a level of trust that you are a line from a child parental bond that you would expect not to be crossed. Yes. I mean, how many times have you I, used your children's credit? I, I never did it, did it to my kids and my parents never did it to me. So I, I sympathize. It, it's a crazy deal. So but back then, you know, and I said, well, why won't you do it? And And their rationale was that 90 percent. Of identity theft and credit card fraud was by somebody you knew, somebody that had physical access to your account information. Yeah, I would think. Now those tables are completely upside down with the advent of the internet. Yeah. And how easy it is. And you know, and it's not just the technology that's getting the information out of the people. Okay. The, the technology is just the medium that they use now. But there's still old-fashioned scams that they're tricking people about. We talk about this in my yeah. Money, Credit, and You book. Mm-hmm. And, and you can also read about it on our website at moneycreditandyou.com. It still falls back on the biology-based approach to money management. It's the same thing when it comes to managing our identity and our you know, financial character and our good name. It, it all comes to managing our biology. And that's a critical piece until we forget about that. So as we talk about identity theft as one of the fastest growing crimes, we can complain about it, we can allow ourselves to be victimized by it, not do anything after, or we can proactively prepare ourselves by mitigating as much risk up front by doing the simple things we do every day, protecting our credit, and and we can also um, do our full-scale credit report review as part of our practicing the three R's, uh, which is our 12th key, uh, review, revise, and recommit. And so uh, we can make it a part of that if we use our credit often or are constantly applying for credit, whether personal or professional, for business credit, uh, because so many business credit cards now still require your social, even if your company has established credit. It's crazy. Uh, So let's talk about some of those things that go into that. Oh, by the way, this segment of the Unlock Your Wealth radio show is sponsored by keepmyid.org, the only service that actually prevents identity theft. All others are just monitoring services. Put your credit on lockdown for Unlock Your Wealth Radio listeners by visiting our website at unlockyourwealthradio.com forward slash keepmyid and click on the link to start protecting your financial future right now. Remember to use promo code WAGS. So uh, let me back up a second. So if you are joining us for the first time, thanks for stopping by. Uh, The Keys to Riches is a financial philosophy that teaches you how to think like the rich and be in control of your own money. And it also gives you specific techniques to create or fix your credit. And that's what we're focusing on with this uh, credit report review. And if you want to surf over to unlockyourwealthradio.com in the search bar, just drop in credit report review checklist, and then you can download a copy of this checklist to be able to use on your own credit report when you um, pull pull your credit and start the process. So we have to, regardless of whether we choose uh, credit monitoring or locking down our credit, um, we need to understand what's going on. And and, and we have to, and, and I threw out a carrot at the beginning about repositories and all of this good stuff. So credit monitoring doesn't protect your credit. Credit monitoring only lets you know when something occurs that is outside of the normal. But what if these skilled scammers if these skilled scammers have been able to manipulate your credit profile in a way that make it not look there like like something's going on and and i say that because we have to think in terms of credit repositories and i said before that credit is 100% your responsibility to maintain its accuracy the law even says that when you read the the different credit laws and if you think about it, what is a repository? Do you know what a repository is? Uh, you know, um, no, I guess. I mean- a It's de- a place to put things. A depo- yeah, I guess. I mean, I just- uh, depo- It's a place to put things, not a, it- a depository. What's that? Isn't that a place to put things to? No. <laughs> no. Um, a repository holds things, um, a depository, you put things in and take things out. Okay. So, uh, so the repository, um, is, uh, it's think of it like a file cabinet. All right. And so, uh, let's say you have 10 different credit cards. So 10 different people go to the repository to place your information in there and they drop it in. And say thanks, see you next month, next year, next whenever there's reporting cycle is, right? So they go okay, thanks. That's what the repository does. They say thanks and they hold it. And and then anybody else that wants to extend you credit can open up the file cabinet and look and see what's inside. Hmm. You included. And the repository doesn't say it's right, it's wrong. It's not up to them because they don't know what's right for you. They don't know what you applied for. They don't know if this is a legitimate credit inquiry or a bogus one. They don't know if this new line of credit is yours or not. They just hold it. That's all they do. Everybody gets mad at the repositories. Well, you know, you didn't put my credit in there, right? Well, I mean, the likelihood of somebody mistyping something is there, but that information is transmitted to them. They're just holding it. Yeah they're like an uh, like a data aggregator if you will. You know, the mistake usually occur occurs at the point of entry of that information which would be the creditor themselves, you know. And and so these credit errors can parse your file, they can connect your file to other files, they can pull things in that don't belong. Um And it's kind of a crazy thing. So um, it's really important that we understand or make a distinction between whether or not you've been a victim of identity theft or just an accident in reporting or actual fraud. And you don't have to be a victim um, of any of those things or somebody doesn't have to be opening up a new account because you could have fraud occurring inside an existing account, which you would never get a flag for. And if you're lazy and don't open your bank statement, yeah, you're not even going to catch it because you know what you purchased. But if you're not, you know, creating a level in the system of accountability to make sure that that stuff is in there properly, you know, it, it, everybody wants to blame the big institutions and the sure. banks and stuff like that. And ideally, you know, your credit and your life are your responsibility. No one else's. Exactly. And, it, and it's your and when you take on a credit account, it's your obligation to repay that based on the agreement that you made. And it's also your uh, obligation to make sure that it's reported accurately, if that's important to you. Mm-hmm. Now, if none of this is important to you, then don't even bother. Just yeah. Turn off the show right now. Don't bother to download the sure. the worksheet. But if it is, go to unlockyourwealthradio.com. Drop in the search bar "credit report review checklist," and then you too can start working on these. So uh, the very first thing you want to do, and this is what I recommend for everybody, especially if you feel like uh, maybe your monitoring service has told you that something fraudulent has occurred, you'll want to pull your report from all four repositories. So that is uh, Experian, Equifax, TransUnion, and Innovus. There's four different ones, not three. Everybody thinks of three, but there's a new player in town that's been around for a while, Innovis is out there. Uh, and so you want to make sure that you get all of them. I like, you know, doing my, um, credit report review in a file folder that has the echo clips at the top, you know, like in the doctor's things, like, so you can echo him in the top, but then flip through the pages to reference stuff. And, uh, I have a really great, you know, um, uh, credit success kit too. By the way, if you have challenges with your credit and you need to do disputes, I have a whole great thing. You never want to do it online because if you read the privacy policy and the terms and conditions, you surrender your right to dispute it. You only get one shot at it. And if they don't get it right online, you're done. Wow, It's set in stone. So you always want to dispute manually. There's a lot of advantages to disputing manually too, um, that actually help you out if you ever have to go to court too. Um, so, so you'll want to do it that way. So, um, if you've ever tried to buy something only to be declined on your credit card, when you know you should have open and available credit, um, is, uh, one way you find out about this stuff. If you've, uh, maybe you've been looking at your statements, but you know, there's three and $5 charges that you can't seem to get rid of. You don't know how they got started. Nobody answers the phone when you call there and you're having trouble getting rid of it. Uh, or if you've been a victim of identity theft you all want to take and do the longhand form from the credit from the unlock your wealth foundation's credit success kit and you'll want to do that uh, and you want to use that process in order to to do that but to start off the first thing that you want to verify across all of your reports and then you want to be making notes like we have in the credit success kit on whether or not information is accurate. I would get a copy of your order, all of your copies of your credit report, and then print out two, one clean copy that you keep in your folder for reference and one you can mark up. So begin by verifying your personal information is correct. Your name, your address, your phone, your social security number, previous address history, residence slash eviction history, spousal information, gender, um, and also known as, as or AKAs for former names, legal name changes, marriages, divorces, things like that, where names can change from time to time. Uh, you know, I'm on husband number two, so I've had a few <laughs> different names. <laughs> so... <clears throat> Uh, so make sure that everything is spelled correctly, that your middle name is actually in the middle name column, not being reported as your first name, because you know, that p- can parse a system faster than anything's doing. And it creates a really? whole new profile, even though certain identifiers might be correct. You know, when the, in the credit reporting, um, bureau goes to do their initial search, they don't use the full text string. So they take the first five letters of your last name and the first three letters of your first name. And so I, for the longest time, was getting a lot of Henry Quintana's, you know, I'm serious. I was getting a lot of his credit cards reporting on my credit because of the way it was parsed. Wow. Because it was parsing into my profile and showing me that I had a much higher debt ratio and that I shopped at very uncool stores. (laughs) (laughs) like, I would never shop there. What? Yes. So, um, uh, so you want to make sure that that is accurate. Then you want to move into each trade line on your credit report, uh, for every extension of credit that you have, uh, it refers to it. It being called a trade line, whether it's a credit card, card loan, uh, car loan, mortgage, or other type of credit, um, student loans, you want to verify on each trade line that first off it belongs to you because that will give you, um, some insight right there as to what's going on your credit report. So first is this entry, a card that I currently have and use, um, then you want to confirm the account numbers being reported accurately. The date open is accurate. The length of the reporting period. Remember it's 15% of your score. The last date reported. This is a big one because some credit, re- some creditors only report quarterly or semi-annually and some only report the negative stuff. So you want to make sure that that's the most recent information and there's ways to get that updated. Uh, and account status, like, is it open or closed? Uh, uh, what the opening balance is, what the terms are. Uh, is it a revolving loan? Is it a credit card? Um, is it uh, an installment? Um, account. What's the other one? There's a, a charge account is different from a credit account. Uh, sure. So yeah. So a mortgage is different from a student loan. So all of these things. So make sure that the terms are correct on there. Observe and and confirm that your credit limit is correct. That your current balance is what you think it is within a few charges or payments. Okay. Because sometimes that can be radically or wildly off uh, from what you know your statements are. And you want to gather your statements, all of your credit card statements, or have all of your files that you have out for all of those too. So you can have quick access to reference this stuff. Um, and again, that's all on the credit report review checklist to make sure you have all those things in advance before you begin the review process. Uh, what is your credit limit? Make sure that's correct. Um, And then minimum payment and the most recent 24 months of payment history based on the last date reported. So if it's not today, you need to make sure that it's reports from today and you get the full picture of what 24 months looks like if it's been open and active longer than that. Look at the number of times you have 30, 60 or 90 day lates in the past 24 months also check for any inquiries it's a myth that inquiries impact your score but it will impact an underwriter's decision if he thinks you're out there applying for all types of other credit in addition to the one he's underwriting also look for fraud alerts if you didn't put a fraud alert on there and somebody else did they're gonna stare about ready to have you kicked off your own credit profile real quick uh, note address changes, any personal statements, maybe with particular creditors or something that you had not added yourself, uh, check the estimated average age of the credit applicant. Um, social security number verification is popular and the date, the social security number was first in use. So it should be about, you know, anywhere from 16 to 24 years after it's been issued, um, when you start applying for credit. So the very first time you applied for credit and received it, that's when the social security number was in first use. And so you want to make sure that that is relative to your age. A lot of people like to assume identities, make sure your report doesn't say you're deceased because that's another great way people can steal credit profiles is reporting you is dead. Uh, Parents can be notorious, as I have uh, enumerated several times in the past, for using their child's social security number to apply for an abuse credit. If you are a junior... A senior, a third, a fourth, a fifth, etc. Be sure to verify each trade line in your credit report. Just because you have a high credit score does not mean that you will have good credit. Even if the erroneous trade lines are good, they will mess up your debt to income ratios for whatever credit you are applying for. So it's in your best interest to dispute this and get it off your credit list. So for the full credit report review checklist, visit our website at unlockyourwealthradio.com and drop in the search bar credit report review checklist. So you can download download a copy of your very own and you can go through it yourself with all of the goodies that you need to be successful at managing your credit and setting yourself up for the uh, future real estate investment we're going to learn about next week. Thank you so much for stopping by. For the maestro of moolah, Michael Terry on Unlock Your Wealth Radio, I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Now go out and unlock your wealth today. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagonhalls and the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation unlockyourwealthradio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2017 with all rights reserved for more information on the keys to riches financial wellness series please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com